Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Let's Be Honest. I am your host, Peter Kozadoy, as always. Earlier this week, I conducted a three-hour workshop for executives. And I love doing that kind of work because I get to be kind of a jerk, but in the good way, right? And at the beginning of every workshop, people start hating me, but by the end, they're loving me. Why? Because I question everything they say and every belief that they put out there. I say, is that true? How do you know? And at first it's annoying, but over time they realize that all these things, all these stories they tell themselves have invaded their lives and businesses and actually caused them to drift off course. And today I have an incredible human being and entrepreneur, a fellow EO member. His name is Andre Norman, and he knows all about how to blast through the story you tell yourself and to achieve incredible things. Andre, welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you here. Ah, oh, it's great to be here, Peter. Of course, of course. So as we always do, take three or four minutes for people who don't know who you are and tell them all about you, what you do, and what gets you fired up out there. Well, what I do for a living is called leadership development. I get to travel around the world and speak to leaders and business execs and teach them how to do things better, smarter, faster. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, went through tremendous childhood, bad, bad schools, high school dropout, got sent to prison at 18. When I went into prison, I thought that I was like on a rite of passage movement. And for six years, I got nothing but trouble and I had like a hundred year sentence. And after six years of being in prison, I woke up and realized I was a king of nowhere. So I came up with a plan and a strategy to go home and go to Harvard University. When I said this, everybody thought I was crazy, but I went in, I stuck to my plan. I taught myself how to read, taught myself the law, started doing self-help groups. It took me eight years of working 20 hours a day. I managed to get out of prison and get home. And I've been home for 20 plus years now. I know this is a fast version. And I've worked at London Business School for the past 20 years. I worked at the White House for four years or with the White House. Um, I'm an EO member. I've spoken for YPO, one of the highest rated speakers in the history of YPO. I currently work at Genius Network with my buddy Joe Polish. And I also got a fellowship to Harvard Law School in 2015. So I've achieved a lot of the stuff that I set out to do. And I do social justice. I do programs around the country around being helpful. You know, anyone who hears that, Andre, like I don't care where you are in life or what you're doing. When you listen to Andre's story, the thing that kept resonating in my head is like, hey, stop complaining. Like I should just stop complaining about everything, right? Here's a guy that, I mean, you were in prison with a hundred year sentence. That's basically a death sentence, right? It and wasn't close enough. I mean, you're going to be there forever, pretty much. For and, a long time. Not only did you overcome that, but you went on to, to Harvard. You went on to building a, a seven-figure company. You went on to inspiring people, teaching at London Business School. I mean, this is incredible stuff. I mean, for anyone out there who has lobbed all these BSE complaints on themselves, reasons why they can't go achieve stuff, I just want you to like stop and say the words, Andre Norman. I mean, come on now. I mean, that's amazing, man. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you. So, you know, I, I ask, you know, a similar question of everyone. And I think this one's going to be amazing for you, Andre. Take us to a time in your life. And maybe it's it's the, the that realization you shared about prison, or maybe it's something totally different. But tell us about a, a time when you had to get brutally honest with yourself. You know, what was the situation? What did you do? And what happened next? Well, when I had my epiphany moment, I wanted to change my life and change my direction. While I was in maximum security prison and solitary confinement, I had to tell myself the truth. And that's why I love the concept of this whole podcast, being honest. I had to say who I was. I wanted to go to Harvard. I identified that. But I needed to identify who was going where with whom. So who am I is what I asked myself. 
I said, I'm black. I'm a criminal. I'm a gang leader. I don't read well. I don't have family support. I'm in solitary confinement. I think hurting people is normal. And I just went down the list of things that I was in real time. And I was brutally honest with myself. And I said, once I had it all down, then I could start addressing it. Okay, I have legal problems. I have reading problems. I have anger problems. I made a list of who I was in real time, not who I projected myself to be or who I wanted to pretend to be, who I was. And then I went down that entire list and I can tell you, I crossed them all off. And the biggest thing on my list was quitter. I went to prison, not because I was black, not because I was poor, not because my dad wasn't there. I went to prison because I learned how to quit. And I quit on all the good things in my life, all the positive chances that I had. And I got to the end of quitting all the good. I only had negative left, which took me to prison. So I taught myself not to be a quitter. And that's how I got from there to here. Wow. I mean, what an amazing outlook, right? I, of course, you know, I talk a lot in my book about getting honest with yourself, right? I mean, because everything else is sort of predicated on this, especially for us entrepreneurs, the game is between our ears, right? And what I love about everything you said is you didn't start from this like, fairyland, like I'm going to, I'm going to go change my life and it's going to be out of some like emptiness. No, you got real with exactly who you are. What are all the things that define me? Because what I heard from this Andre and correct me if I'm wrong is unless you go through and cross everyone off one by one, that slower process is how I, I I'm hearing you ended up creating such a massive shift in your overall life. Am I hearing that correctly? Definitely. I mean, it's, I look at it like cancer. All the things that I was, I could take out 98.5% of it. But if I that one thing that I don't want to let go of is the thing that's going to grow everything back. Nobody wants 95% of cancer taken out of their body. They want 100%. Hmm. It just takes 1% of something for it to grow back. And oftentimes, we take out all the things that we can cope with and deal with. But the one thing that's truly holding us down, we hold on to. And I made it a point not to hold on to that. Wow. Yeah. And I love that you talk about it starts with identity. It starts with, I mean, literally in my book, I say, start with who? Like that is the framework because unless we understand who we are and who we want to be, the, the rest of the things kind of fall in line, right? Like if right. we think about Andre as the entrepreneur, the Harvard grad, the this, that, and the other, you're actually living that life based on who you are. Definitely. Of course. Right? This is not rocket science. And yet so many people are, you know, have, I've come to learn that the official term, by the way, I was very uh, impressed to learn this. Apparently it's called cognitive dissonance, where okay. you, you have this belief that you're this person, but, but really you're not. And because there's that separation, you are building a, the foundation of all the rest of your life on an untruth, right? So powerful yeah. what you're saying. Andre, looking back over everything you've done, I mean, you've rattled off a hell of a resume. What's the one thing that you are most proud of? And also share with us the one thing that you're least proud of or you wish you could take back. Well, I'll start with the least proud of. Um, for me, I'm least proud of the fact that I couldn't make my marriage work. And that impacted me, impacted my ex-wife, it impacted my son, and impacted everybody who knows me. So there's a lot of people who look up to me and follow me. And I had little girls from my high school class came to my wedding. I literally got married in the city of Boston so all my students could come attend my wedding because my wife wanted to get married out in some cliff or overlooking the ocean. I said, no, it has to be in the city so my kids could come see what this looks like. So for that to fail or not to succeed to me is my greatest failure that I could think of right now. And because again, I would give anything 
to have my family intact and to be in that space because being married is the greatest thing ever. I just could, I couldn't make it work. So that's a huge thing for me that I would count as my greatest, I'm saying, um, failure. What did you learn from that, Andre? Like, what was your big, big, big takeaway from that? If you had to pick one. I need to be brutally honest about who I was, what I wanted and what I expected her to be. Not, Mm. not what I expected, but who she was and what she wanted. So I didn't do the research. I didn't do the, the due diligence. I didn't go deep. I kept it. Okay. This is friendly. This is easy versus asking myself the real hard questions. I mean, she's a wonderful woman. I mean, she, she's a genius in her own space. I just didn't do enough time to prepare myself for what it feels like to be married. I wasn't ready. I wasn't mature enough. I didn't have the vision. I didn't mean so the expectations that were placed upon me that were legitimate, I wasn't ready for. Hmm. And there's no other way to say that. So my failures based on my not preparing myself for that space is what cost me my marriage. And that con- those conversations can be difficult, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I can come up with a wonderful list of reasons why I didn't have the conversations or why I didn't go deep, but the whys don't matter. I didn't do yeah. it. And I, I mean, could have, but I didn't. So I have to, I have to live with the result. And we all can. I mean, so often you know, I repeat this phrase to the entrepreneurs I coach that 99% of business problems are personal problems in disguise, right? So, right. you know, I can't count Andre, how many times I've come against uh, you know, partnership issues in my clients or you know, issues they're, they're having with their spouses or with their kids. And most of the time it comes down to, yeah, I know what I need to say, but I can't get honest enough to say it. I can't build up the courage to say it. And I think you've just painted a really good picture of why to get the hell over yourself and, and, and have those honest conversations. Am I right? If I could do it again, I would definitely marry the same woman, but I would have prepared myself better and at the same time helped her be in a better position as well. So it was just bad communication on my part and bad follow through. And you can't build something on a wish and a hope and expectation. You build on what it is. And I knew better. I knew how to do it. That's the most troubling part. I knew how to build what I needed to build and I neglected doing it. Wow. Well, thank you for, for your honesty and sharing that. Andre, what about what you're most proud of? The thing I'm most proud of is now I've done a lot of work in a lot of places around the world um, I worked in Ferguson, Missouri. I've worked in Honduras, Guatemala, Saudi, Sweden. Af- I've worked all over the world. But the thing I'm most proud of is it was a few years ago. My mom's getting older. And like all moms, they, all they care about, are my kids going to be okay when I leave? When I pass on, will my kids be okay? That's every parent's last thought or greatest thought. And some of us in my family, the six kids, are still struggling. They're not all the way set. It's not like a guarantee they're going to coast out for the rest of their life. There's going to be a lot of bumps for for some of us. And since I became an entrepreneur and I've been able to establish a business and a lifestyle, I could go to my mom a few years back and say, you know something, mom? We might not all get along, but I can tell you what I got them. And I can financially support my brothers and sisters if need be, if anything goes wrong. And I can be there for them. I don't have to. I'm not stuck to a nine to five. I'm not locked to a desk. I'm not locked in a city. I can travel whenever I want, however I want, and be there for as long as I want. So for me to be able to tell my mom her greatest concern or greatest question is answered. To do that, for me, was the best thing ever. Wow. You know, something that I'm fascinated by with, you know, Andre, is I encounter folks in the, you know, 
but I'll call them entrepreneurs, right? They're entrepreneurs, but they have a very tiny business right. and they're trying to serve others and help others and serve others and help others. And they're so focused. And one of my, my biggest things is put your oxygen mask on first, like get okay. yourself right before you go. And, and, and that's kind of what I'm hearing. What do you think about that? I call it the Bill Gates model. I love Bill Gates and I love what he's doing right now. Him and his wife have a foundation and they go around the world and they spend billions of dollars trying to help people and help countries be better. Where would we be if Bill Gates, while he was in college and had the same feeling of wanting to help people, but it dropped out of college, opened a soup kitchen? Hmm. No, Bill Gates opened his company, made a gazillion billion dollars. Then he took he walked away. Now he's living his passion. But he built his company first. Oprah Winfrey built a multi-billion dollar company. Then she walked away. Now she's living her passion. I love the Bill Gates model. I love the Oprah Winfrey model. They took care of their business first and allowed them to take care of the next. I have a friend in St. Louis. His name is Rusty Keeley. And he, he does a lot of charity work. And he took me in his office one day. He says, Andre, you see this? You see he has a whole wall of people he supports. He says, I run this company which the money that this company makes allows me to support these businesses and these nonprofits. If I didn't make money, I couldn't support these nonprofits. So it, it goes hand in hand. I have to run a great business to do the charitable work because if I'm not making money, I can't do charity. I become the charity. So I always say to people, I tell kids in college or high school, get your degree, start a business, grow a business, then either employ people Sell your business and then go do what you want to do in the world. We have plenty of years and decades to be helpful. The worst thing you can do for poor people is be one of them. I love that. The worst thing you can do for poor people is be one of them. And for some reason, that's not said enough. There's this like weird thing we have in society where like it's wrong to go make a ton of money and, and be super profitable and then... Of course, of course, it makes everything you're saying makes sense, right? Do that, then turn around and help people give them a hand up. And I feel like there's shame around that. And there's some sort of mixed signals going on. And I'm really happy to hear that, that we share that outlook because it's something people don't hear enough. Anybody who has the concept of is wrong or bad to make a lot of money has never really been poor. <laughs> <laughs> they well have said. the luxury to say, you know something, maybe I can just be well off. When you're poor and you're on government assistance, being rich is all you think about. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, what a classic case of like um, the gifts life gives us. Right. And I've been saying that about 2020. It's like 2020 has knocked so many people back. And wow, what a gift. Because you can't develop, you can't be Andre Norman, right? You can't develop the insights and the depth that you have without going through everything you've gone through. Right. No test, no testimony. That's why you oh, tell me in church. Yeah, I love it. I get it. Um, Andre, you know, this is fantastic. What What's one thing about everything you've done that you think it would surprise people to hear? What would surprise people that, um, yeah, to hear about I, you and about your journey. One, one thing is that I help everybody. There was a time I only helped black kids because that's what I knew. And it was why I was comfortable. Now I work with Latino kids. I work with white kids, rich and poor. I work all over the world. Just, there's no more barriers for me. So there used to be a time I lived in a bubble because that's what I grew up in. Now, if my phone rings, I show up. So again, I've worked in Guatemala. I've worked in Scottsdale. I've worked in billion dollar companies. I've worked in corner stores. So I don't have a niche market. My niche market is the 6 billion people that are on this planet and who want to actually get better. I'm not going to hold your hand. And if you, people get it, I'm direct. 
but I'm direct and people don't get that I care though. Mm-hmm. And I don't have time and we don't have time to play with your transition. Either you want to do it or you don't. Wow. And what, when you made that transition you're talking about, right, you helped what you knew and then you stepped outside that bubble. What were you most surprised by in that transition? I was most surprised that companies, I went to, I work with Deutsche Bank, Dan and Foods, Lens Construction. I go down a list of companies that I've worked with. They've been willing to receive me as a black man with a criminal background. What I've come to understand is if you are good at what you do and you add value, your background doesn't matter at one level. They want to know, can you deliver? I'm saying, can you show up and help us through this problem? And my and the craziest thing is my lens of seeing it from a prisoner's perspective is unique in the marketplace. We've heard the lawyers. We've heard the Navy SEALs. We've heard that this guy, there's very few former gang leaders who've run maximum security prisons bringing that perspective of get it right or die. How do you assess somebody in 30 seconds or you get your neck chopped off? So I bring that right now, no blink concept to the table and it's and it's it's crazy well received <laughs> it's it's incredible because so you know back th- this is how i started the episode right we walk around with all these beliefs and assumptions in our head that aren't true you take an inmate coming out an inmate a person of color who's an inmate they come out they say nobody wants to hear from me i'm disadvantaged i can't build anything out of this and you were like no no that's the feature not the bug that's the thing right. and of course like yeah we talk about this all the time we're like who says i'm in eo as well and we're like who haven't we heard from what interesting awesome stories can we hear from and i wish more people could understand that many of the layers that they put on themselves the assumptions and the self-limiting beliefs they're just not true you you know what you want to keep believing them that's fine but they're not true, right? No, I mean, I've been received around the world 10 times over and people just want to know, Andre, do you care? Are you consistent? Do you have capacity? Do you have courage? Do you have character? I'm saying, can we count on you? It's all the C's and color's not one of them. I'm saying, and convict's not one of them. If anything, people just want to know, I do suicide prevention for kids. I do drug interventions for kids. I do corporate turnarounds. They want to know, can you save us? When the ambulance pulls up, can you save us? They don't care what you look like. Can you save my child? Can you save my business? Can you save my community? So I'm on the way to Detroit to do a whole city um, comprehensive plan to help empower the city of Detroit. And they said, hey, let's get somebody in here who can do this. I'm in South Carolina right now. There was a riot here two years ago and seven people were killed in a riot. They brought me in to help run a maximum security prison. Now, who would have thought as a gang member, gang leader locked in a cell, I now help run a prison. But that's what I do because they said, who better? Yeah. And, you know, what I'm hearing is every single human being, because of their experiences, good, bad, whatever, that's sort of irrelevant. Their experiences are what gives them the ability to produce results. And those results are valuable to somebody. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, Andre. Listen, for people who, I mean, I've been fascinated. I knew something about you, but this has been incredible. Tell folks where they can get more information about you, follow along with your journey. Well, um, if you want to follow me, my website is andrenorman.com. My Instagram, I made it really hard, at (laughs) andrenorman.com. My Facebook is even harder. AndreNorman.com. Same thing with LinkedIn, <laughs> AndreNorman.com. And if you wanted to email me, this is the trickiest one, admin at AndreNorman.com. So that's how you catch up to Andre. And do you have a book? I do have a book. 
Tell us about um, that. The book's on Amazon. Um, you go to, it's the only one I have right now. Um, there was a company out of Texas um, called Scribe. I mean, I, I try to write my book for 20 years and I was horrible at writing books. And I ran into a guy named Tucker Max and Tucker said, let me write your book for you. And I had all this pre, I had all of my 400 page manuscript. And he said to me, Andre, how many bestsellers have you written? I said, none. He said, then let me do it because I've written five. Right. And he took my book and he got it done. And it's the most awesome book in the world. So I had to let go of what was closest to me to get what was close to me out mm -hmm. there. So I have the Ambassador of Hope um, done by Scribe Media and it's on Amazon right now. So it's a fabulous book. Repeat that. I love that quote. Repeat that one more time to get what I had to let go of what was closest to me to get what was for me I'm saying, into wow. the world because wow. I was smothering it. I like, love that. What quote. do we don't want to let go of? What do we yeah. think only we, I knew my story better than anybody, but I'm not an author. There's a difference. And so mm -hmm. I confuse knowing my story with being an author. So Tucker told me, you're not an author, but you have an awesome life. Let me do my part. You've already done your part. And he wrote, the greatest book ever. Him and a guy named John Virtue out of Pennsylvania, they put my book together and it made me cry. <laughs> wow. I don't cry often. For folks out there listening, you know, when you listen to what Andre just said about writing his book, right? It should occur to you to ask the question, like, what am I clinging to? You know, what, what am I assuming that I am, but I'm really not? And I would be so much better letting go. So Andre, that's just awesome. Thank you. Uh, listen, I mean, this was fantastic. I don't know. After listening to a story like yours, Andre, who out there is not getting it? It's, it should be slamming you over the head that it starts with honesty. It starts getting honest about who you are and what you really want and what it takes to get there. And oh, by the way, you may think you know all those things, but you may have no idea. And if right. you're not enduring that process of self-discovery by working with people like Andre, he just gave you his email. Hello, you know, reach out, get involved. These are people who are here to help you understand not only the power of honesty, but the power of you if you're just willing to get honest about it. Andre, thank you so much for being on the show. All right. Can I just be one more honest one of more time? Of course. Of course. For I mean, I, I love everybody. I mean, I want to help the world. But um, when you email me, be ready. At least be ready to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not ready, that. it's okay. I'm not mad at you. My email works when you're ready. I'm not that. going anyplace. I'm not changing my email. But when you come, I'm direct. I'm straightforward. And I'm about results. I don't, I'm not about willingness. I'm about the result. Boom. So let's, get to, let's get to the win. I love that. All right. So only if you're interested in winning. Should if you're you interested in, in winning, let's talk. I love it. Andre, thank you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story, man. I appreciate you. And I look forward to talking to you again. Awesome, man. And until next time, I'm Peter Kozlov.